Revolution. Revolution. Royce Duplessis, State Legislator, State Representative, District 93. It's always a joy to have you on the show. Dear brother, what is your revolution? You know, I think right now I'm at a point in life where um, I'm, I'm recalibrating and, and trying to jump off the treadmill a little bit, or some may call it like the hamster wheel. And for me, my revolution is saying no to the things that keep me on this endless treadmill uh, of, of just doing things to be doing things, saying no to those things and saying yes to the things that may keep me moving, but moving in the direction that's part of the, you know, the, the, the greater mission of my life, the greater mission of my life. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolution? Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. The show for men and the people who love them. Where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corpru. What's good, revolutionaries? A couple times this week that I've been able to see you, uh, hear from you, ask you how you're doing. As I said last time, we are in the fourth quarter. And this is your time. This is your time to shine, revolutionaries, to make sure that you are not only answering this question that we think is the most thought-provoking, but you are fulfilling your revolution as it comes to a close this year. And so we are definitely excited to be a part of your journey. So I want to thank Gary McCallum for coming on the show, uh, civic leader here in Virginia Beach, Virginia, uh, for doing the great work and just doing all the things that we need to, to be examples of light for our people. So thank you, Brother McCollum. Um, I know you've been watching the news lately, Revolutionaries. You've been watching the news all year long. You saw what was going on in Texas uh, with the state legislators having to walk out because our people, our people were losing the right to vote. And that is important to me. Uh, I remember... I want to ask you this question, and I'll tell you the story, Revolutionary, is, is that do you remember when you registered to vote? little pause there, right? Do you remember that time when you registered to vote? And I, for me, I remember being 18 years old, and there was a barbershop that I would go to that was on Virginia Beach Boulevard. Um, and I registered to vote in a black barbershop, and it was one of the most joyous times of my life because I knew... Right, I had grown up in a black household with two parents, right, who had gone through the civil rights movement, who had parents who had been discriminated and experienced racism and discrimination and prejudice and bigotry, right? All the things, listening to my grandfather talk about poll taxes, right, as a young boy and watching his family having to go and fight for the right to vote. And I remember filling out the card. I remember filling out the card and getting that you know, registrar that I, ha- I had the ability to now vote as an American citizen. And I don't take that vote, that, that right very lightly. Right? I don't miss elections. I'm a part of the electorate. I want to hear and learn from my politicians. I want to fight for what I believe in. And that is what I'm asking everyone to do right now. Think about when you register to vote. And the importance of what it means for you to be a part of this electorate, to be a part of this nation of people who actually have a voice. And I have been fortunate. People know that I lived in New Orleans and for 15 years. It is my second home. It feels, you know, it's in, you know, New Orleans runs in my blood. But one of the things that I learned in New Orleans is that my people run for office. (laughs) <laughs> you know, my people run for office and shout out to all those folks that I know very, very intimately in New Orleans who are now running for office, whether it be school board, city council for delegate, all the different offices that are up for grabs this election cycle. So I shout out to you and all the work that you're doing. But I have friends in high places and, you know, and said, I want to have this conversation with one of the people who I think is at the the top, the epitome of revolutionary when it comes to thinking about how to help people, right? How to help a population of people move forward and thrive. And so, as you see here, you get to see my good and dear friend, my dear friend, right? All right. District 93 representative for the state of Louisiana. My good friend Royce Duplessis joins me here on the Western Revolution show. My brother, my friend, my friend, my friend. I'm excited, man. How are you? I'm doing well, brother. So great to see you. Uh, You know, I miss you, miss you in person, uh, but I'm certainly grateful to be able to be on this on this show with you this morning. 
we miss you in New Orleans, Dr. Corporal. But we're so grateful that you've continued your What's Your Revolution discussions and dialogue and uh, continuing to share everything that you share with the world. So I'm doing well and I'm just happy to be here with you this morning. Wonderful. Wonderful. You know, you know, I want to jump in real quick, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a leave it off to the side for one second. Cause you know, I always, I always get excited about asking that question, but Royce, you know, our people in the city, I want to talk a little bit for just for a moment, you know, uh, August 29th happened, right. Mm-hmm. And you think about 15 years, 16 years, excuse me, before that, you know, you and I both lived through that storm, lived through Katrina. And then 16 years to the date, Ida comes along and says, hey, hey, remember, you know, we're going to have our you know, our 16th birthday with you. Right. And, you know, what's going on with the city now? You know, how is, you know, we talk about this resilience of New Orleans, but you're there intimately. What's going on uh, with the city and, and, and how is the city recovering from Ida? It's a great question. I think that one of the terms you use in asking the questions, you use the word resilience. And we have been defined as being resilient for so many years. But I've got, I've got to tell you, you know, Dr. Corporal is somebody who looks at and understands and talks about and dives into the issues of mental health mm. and wellness and well-being. You know, resilience is, is certainly a great characteristic and a great trait. But we as New Orleanians, we've had to tap into resilience a little too much. I think I think many of us are a little bit uh, resilienced out. And when the storm, the most recent storm, Hurricane Ida, lined up to strike on the same day, 16 years later from Hurricane Katrina, it was really a surreal experience. It was it was very surreal. And. It was a. It was actually a much stronger storm when it made landfall than Hurricane Katrina, and it l- lasted much longer in terms of uh, just time than than Hurricane Katrina did. The good thing was that we didn't have the same flooding because we had levees that were fortified and constructed to protect us. But you know, the wind damage was significant, and ultimately, it was the power outages that were our biggest challenge. We're grateful we didn't experience the same devastation as many other parishes throughout Louisiana and other parts of the state that really suffered severe damages. We made out okay. The power outages were very challenging for our vulnerable population, our at-risk populations, our, and, and which, which is a great number of people in New Orleans. You know many people live well below the poverty line, and many people are suffering. So they didn't have a lot of resources to evacuate. So those who stayed had to suffer through eight days uh, of, of no power. And people may may brush that aside as, as, as that being sort of like this first world problem where you didn't have uh, power for eight days. But when you don't have power, it's not just not having power, you don't have air conditioning, you don't have ice, you don't have access to water, you don't may not even have access to food because all the stores are closed for eight days in August in New Orleans. In New Orleans, bro. these are very dangerous and challenging conditions. So those were very trying times in terms of the stress that it placed on the people of New Orleans. But every year uh, is 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 another moment for us to have to be resilient. And then the question becomes: At what point does government? At what point does private business, at what point does the community, those with means, step up to create conditions where the people at the margins don't always have to be resilient, Mm -hmm. that we have a system that protects us from from, uh, threats that we know are imminent. So uh, I think it was a reflection point for many of us that there are things that we can do to minimize the need to always have to be resilient. And, you know, overall, we are making our way. Um, We still have some challenges, trash pickup and uh, other things like street lights work not working, you know, just basic functioning issues that we're still trying to work through as a city. But overall, one of the things that does define us as New Orleans is the fact that we do know how to pull through. We know how to come together and we know how to overcome. So it was just important for me to not gloss over the pain and, 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 and the fact that folks do get tired. We get tired at times, but we do know how to pull it together 
And I see, I definitely see brighter days ahead. But right now, we're, we're just kind of realigning ourselves after after uh, last month's storm. Yeah, brother, I, I appreciate that because the story of the, the story of black folks. Uh, the story of people of color around resilience, that, that the moniker of resilience, like, well, you've been resilient, that, that resilience aspect is in you. It's in your blood, right? You know what I'm saying? But right. at the end of the day, as I was saying that, you know, I said this to a friend this morning, is that you're a strong woman, but people don't want to always have to be strong. That's right. Being strong is exhausting. That's right. And what has happened with climate change and different things and even the politics, even the politics of of being a Louisiana, a Louisiana native and a New Orleanian is, you know, can be exhausting. Right. Yes. In, in, in trying to make sure that you're equipping policy around how people behave and live and have the ability to thrive. And so I know that I know that it's tough and I know people are thinking about I have friends who are thinking about, you know, we, we, we love New Orleans for what it means, you know, for what it is. Right. The, right. The, the community of people. And that's why I miss New Orleans so much, dear brother. You know, and, and yeah. we, we could sit at the table. Right. We could sit with a yeah. little, little, little crawfish, you know, that's right. <laughs> a, a little crawfish, a little, little second line you know what i'm saying that's right little, little, right. little marini down down on frenchman right that's right laughter you know at the superdome for a saints game or the pelicans right. all the that's things right. that make new orleans so good shout out to my uh our dear friend jason williams the uh district oh, yeah. attorney yeah my, so my, proud my, of him yeah doing my, doing great things doing amazing things. System. yeah it, it, exactly and so it just makes me think about but the, the, the work continues and i know that the perseverance that goes along with what you're doing and what the new orleans new orleans community is doing can be tough can be not not even can be tough is tough and so i applaud you and the efforts of the entire community and and, and being resilient right oftentimes you know sometimes because you know i'm resilient out i need somebody else to pick this up and so yeah that is the that is the wonderful thing is that the community of new orleans figures out ways to pick each other up and so i'm i'm, yeah. I'm hoping i am hoping for mardi gras and jazz fest oh, yeah. next year right because a, no, a brother needs to <laughs> a brother needs look, to look, support I, my people I, I think we just really need a good dance we need to get out yeah. there and uh and just shake it off because um you know, that's another piece to this whole equation is that things have just been so different since COVID. So our norms and our traditions, we haven't really been experiencing them. Jazz Fest has been canceled twice. We haven't had the other major festivals that we're used to, like French Quarter Festival and the normal celebrations. We just had our first second line a couple of weeks ago since COVID. So when you throw in COVID and you throw in this hurricane and then you throw in the fact that we haven't, we haven't really been having our normal traditions that get us through difficult times, that that's made it a challenge. But my, my belief is as we turn this corner into 2022, we're going to have us, I'm expecting that we're going to have a Mardi Gras. I'm certainly hoping for, for, for Mardi Gras. Um, we, we, we had our first full experience at the Superdome a couple of weeks ago when the yes. Saints played the Giants. So we're getting back to those norms, and I think that's that's going to help lift the spirits of the people a whole lot. Yeah, look, revolutionaries, I ask you, look, if you haven't been to New Orleans, please go, right? Go see our people, right? <laughs> yeah. Go spend some go spend some of that money down down yeah. in New Orleans. So Definitely. my bring those like, Yeah, exactly. Yes. So my folks can thrive and I cannot wait to be a part of that. Royce Duplessis, state legislator, state representative, District 93. It's always a joy to have you on the show. Dear brother, what is your revolution? Well, I, you know, I knew that question was coming, uh, but I'm so I'm so grateful that that I'm being challenged to answer that question, really. And and I like I just love the boldness of that question <laughs> and how it's just you just get straight to it. You know, what, what's your revolution? You know, I think right now I'm at a point in life where um, I'm, I'm recalibrating and, and trying to jump off the treadmill a little bit, or somebody call it like the hamster wheel. And for me, my revolution is saying no to the things that keep me on this endless treadmill uh, of of just doing things to be doing things, saying no to those things and saying yes to the things that may keep me moving, but moving in the direction that's part of the, you know, the, the, the greater mission of my life 
and and my and, and what I want for my family, for my community, that I can look back and say we've actually gotten somewhere because there's so many distractions and there are so many uh, efforts to pull us in certain different directions. So for me, that revolution in many ways is getting comfortable with saying no, but saying yes to the things that truly matter and the things that are truly going to make a difference. So that's the point I'm in right now. Uh, it, 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 it's not the, the easiest thing, especially as uh, a public servant and elected official. Part of my job, a big part of my job is, 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 is delivering on, on behalf of the people who elected me. But, but I just want to like separate those things out. And, and, and make sure I'm being very, very clear. A lot of times we think that because we're in these positions, we have to say yes to everything. When that, I've come to realize that that's just simply not the case. And in many, in many instances, it's, it's not a healthy way yes. to, to lead. Dear brother, I, I love that. And, you know, as, as we talked in the green room, you know, thinking about the things that matter to us, right? Yeah. What I hear what I hear is that intentionality of life. Yes. And it has been, you know, I think about growing up myself, like it, it, it was kind of like cool to say that you were busy. You've got all of these things going on, right? You know, like uh, whoever's got the longest list wins. Right. You know, and I've been reading this uh, uh, book uh, about execution, the four, discipl- the four, the four dis- disciplines of execution. And, and the interesting thing about it is that is if we, what I'm hearing is that is if we have too many things on our plate, we can't actually be good. That's right. Right. You know, as they talk about these wildly important goals. Right. right. And so if you have too many wildly important goals, where how can you be good at any of those goals? That's true. Right? And so what I hear you say is that. You know, trying to figure out what you're saying yes to and then being intentional and saying no. Exactly. So what my revolutionaries are saying in my ears, like, okay, well, what are you saying yes to? Right. What are you saying yes to in your life right now? Sure. Well, I'm I'm certainly saying yes to, you know, my wife and my daughter always and and understanding that tomorrow's not promised. So spending as much time with family and my parents who are getting older and my, my siblings and, and making sure I'm spending the proper time with my my family. That that is first and foremost. Saying yes to my health, my mental well, my mental wellness, my physical wellness. Eat, eating better, you know, trying to get the proper sleep. So uh, putting putting those things in place. My faith and and spending more time praying and, and trying to get back to some of those fundamental pieces of, of, of reading the type of things I want to read that are going to nourish me and and not just be consumed by uh, everything that gets thrown at me through like social media or, or just constantly responding to emails all day. Right. But, but ultimately my, my, my work, which is very, very important uh, as a, as a state legislator, we have some very important issues that we have to tackle and really leaning into those issues. I mean, unapologetically. Uh, so saying yes to uh, compromise where it's necessary, but also not compromising, on, on the issues that truly, truly matter and, and, and the things that we may have compromised on for too long. And, and there's a myriad of issues that I can get into when it comes to public policy, but saying yes to making sure that I'm the voice that the people elected me to be and, and, and saying yes to being the absolute best that I can be on behalf of the people who elected me. Yes. So uh, th- those are the things that I'm saying yes to. And, 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 you know, I, I think it, it, it's a constant renewal. It's a constant recommitment and, and, and just saying yes to just trying to be my best self and, and trying to be trying to lead by example and not simply through through you know words. But uh, I think that's what people want. I think that's what people deserve our leaders who are going to really lead by example and, and, and be willing to go in a different direction despite uh, the crowd going some somewhere else if you believe in what's right right no uh, being deliberate and being intentional about yeah. th- those things that are going to allow you to be your full self bring your full self to the table yeah what i what i realized for me royce is that my body tells me when i shouldn't be in a space hmm. and i haven't always listened to my body 
That's and right. yeah, and, you know, as a 50 year old man, I, I, I really intently now like, oh, this does not feel right now. There's that feeling of discomfort. That's one thing. Right. right. But there's also that feeling your body say, this is not the place for you. This isn't it. This is this isn't it. And, no, and knowing how to trust that voice and following it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So revolutionaries, when you have that, you know, there's this discomfort. Like this morning, this morning on the Peloton, when I'm doing my Tabata ride with Ali, right? It was <laughs> it, it was uncomfortable, right? Right. Right. It was uncomfortable. But at no point did I say I want to get off of this ride with right. Ali. But your body will say, mm, because it's going to keep every time you put yourself in the situation, it's going to keep saying to you, hey, man, why are you here? Right. Like, why, why are you here? Why you keep coming back here? Because I'm telling you, this is not for you. That's right. And you keep coming here. And so there will be consequences. There will be. And I love that you said taking care of your mental health, because there will be consequences if you keep going to spaces where your body is telling you, hey, hey. same for me. Same for well, me. Right. So you keep coming. So I'm going to look. There's a consequence for you coming here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of counter to a lot of the ways that we have been raised to think that it goes back to the whole point about resilience, right? Like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And this notion of if you're enduring pain, that some kind of way is making you better. And, you know, we, we, I think we have like this warped perception of uh, what 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 we're getting out of something that may not feel good uh, and something that maybe challenging us in ways or pushing us in ways that we know deep down this really isn't for us but we justify it by thinking that there's some reward on the other end if we just persevere exactly uh and and i and i don't believe that that's not always the most healthy way to to navigate exactly so revolution is listen to what we're saying to you be mindful self-awareness is the key to life it is yeah. the key to life for us. It is the key for us to be thriving. If you can really know yourself, I think that's what we're trying to say, know yourself fully and begin to really critically analyze, like, where can you say yes, right? And there may be some discomfort with saying yes, but you know, you will know in the long run that that yes is where you need to be. I'm glad you said something in the latter part of that, and that allows me for a nice segue, is that you talk about saying yes to the legislation, saying mm -hmm. yes to being a great legislator. Right. You know, I look around, as I said at the beginning of the show, I look around and seeing the political climates all across the country. It takes courage. It mm -hmm. takes tremendous courage to then run for office and then stand up because ultimately I feel like everybody's running for the next cycle instead That's of right. instead of being present. So my question to you, dear brother, is is you know, thinking about this political climate, how do you how do you continue to show up as the legislator that you want to be and the legislator that we need you to be? Excellent question. And I couldn't think of a better way to tie in that question to the last point that we were just engaging on. And that is so timely. Just, in, just nationally in terms of our political discourse and for me personally, as far as where I am, I've now been in the legislature since 2018. It's the spring of 2018. And I want to reference a, a book that I read a couple of years prior that was really eye-opening to me. And it, it was titled Soar With Your Strengths. Mm. There are so many of us who... You know, this whole political thing just just turns turns so many people off. There's a lot of disaffected voters, a lot of people who just don't vote, and people are just really jaded by the whole process. I have people in my family who uh, are just not really crazy about politics, and understandably. But when I did an assessment of my strengths, my interests, and and, and took the time to listen regarding where I was being called in my life, that was my yes moment to say, yes, this is something that I want to do. This is going to be my way of serving because this works for me. And I think this is the highest and best use of my strengths and my talents, and my passions. So I've been in this office now for three years, a little over three years. And during that time, there have been, and most recently, there's been a municipal election that's come up. And there have been conversations 
around, okay, well, the question is, okay, what are you running for next? Well, in my mind, I feel like I just got elected to this seat. Right. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not only doing my constituents a disservice in many ways by thinking about what I'm going to run for next. I'm doing myself a disservice because I haven't, I have not achieved or delivered in a way that for the standards that I set for myself in a way where I feel like I need to be thinking about the next thing right now. And that's one of the downsides of this business. It's always about the next thing. There's always this expectation that you, that you need to be looking for the the next and highest office. When the the question I constantly ask myself is, well, what have I done in the current position? So, Mm. so I feel like there's still so much more for me to do where I am right now. And, you know, there's, so, so that's really my attitude with this. And I haven't even given a whole lot of thought to what that next thing may have, may be, if there's even going to be a next thing, because I'm, I'm just really focused on the now I, and, I and, and trying to be present. And, and that's really how we, how we can be our house and best selves in, in any job or in any um, opportunity is just to do the best way you are with what you have. And, and the rest will kind of fall into place. That's my attitude. No, I, I love that. I think about this. We have what we call at Camelback Ventures our tours of duty, yep. and and thinking about what you can do in that tour of duty. Right? You you set the, you set the goals for yourself. You put these things in in place with your team, and then you go to work. That's right. Right. You go to work, and yep. I think for me, and I I love what you say. The, the the loyalty that I hear that you have for what you're doing. Yeah. I don't know, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, revolutionaries. I don't know if I hear that from a lot of other people who are. Uh, I'm, I'm not even going to call you a politician. People who are elected to. It's, know, a, it's okay. It's a dirty term, but it's I, a dirty I, it term, right? It it's a dirty term. But here's the thing: I don't think of you because when I think of politician, I think of this dirty word. But yeah. when I think of Royce Duplessis, I think of somebody who is ele- who's been who is in elected office, right? Yeah. That's affiliated with a political party, right. but is doing the work of the people. Yeah. And, trying, right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I, what, what I'm hearing from you. And I think that it's something that we all can take away from is that settle in. Yes. Settle into the work that you're doing and become really, really good at it. Right. Oftentimes it takes two, three, four years Right, because at the end of the day, when you when you when you left Saint Aug, I'm right. You're Saint Aug, right? Right. Um, I am. Yeah. When you left Saint Aug, there wasn't a handbook to say, "Hey, you gonna be this is how you go to elected office," right? No. There was not a handbook when you went, no. look, when you went to Howard Law. Did you get that handbook? Like, you're gonna be a state representative someday. Here's that handbook. No. 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 You got you got elected, and then you you, you look birth you you were birthed into fire. Hmm. And so now, yeah, three years later, now you have that ability, right, to continue to grow and to be a legislator. That's right. Right. I I, I guess what makes me me think about, right, you talked about compromising where you have to compromising and compromise and not compromising where we've compromised too long. Can you give us some examples how legislators have to think of, especially as they become more seasoned, how they have to think about when to compromise and when not to compromise? Absolutely. And being from Louisiana, New Orleans specifically, but serving in the state legislature in the South, the deep South, we we have so far to go. So I have to set expectations for myself that are within the expectations of constituents that I represent in terms of what we can achieve realistically, what we need to be working towards. And oftentimes our work involves stopping bad things from happening. So, so as much as I would like to make sure that every street corner is clean and there's no crime and everybody has a high paying job and that kids in school are being educated the way that they should be educated and that our communities are healthy and thriving, getting there and in fixing some of these historical wrongs and some of these systemic failures throughout our systems takes will take years and years and years to achieve. But all throughout this journey, there are going to be continuous efforts to try to roll us back mm-hmm. or to try to or to try to keep those systems in place. 
So oftentimes our work is 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 not just in an effort to advance us forward and to make forward progress, but it's to stop yeah. to keep is to stop things from moving backwards because there's still an effort in in certainly in this state. I can point to certain instances where there have been efforts to move us backwards. You know, there, there's just so many things, and I mean, whether it be uh, the fact that in Louisiana we don't have uh, a, a living wage mm-hmm. that that's mandated in law, we follow the federal uh, minimum wage, which is seven twenty five. And when efforts are made to try to advance that, we we we've been unsuccessful. So we but we keep trying. We're going to keep pushing for that. Voting rights continue to be a big issue. Thankfully, we have not had to deal with what states like Georgia and Texas have dealt with, but they there have been some there isn't there is definitely energy out there to try to keep certain communities, particularly people of color, from voting. And it's out in the open. It's 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 it, you know it's 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 brazen, quite honestly. And these are things that we have to continue to fight against. And when I talk about compromise. I'll just give you an example of what I mean by that. Right after the pandemic, we went back in the session and it was all of this talk about frontline workers, essential workers, and the people on the front lines. And it was just all talk, right? Because we're talking about essential workers that we need to get back mm-hmm. to work, to jumpstart the economy or to keep it afloat. Really, these people never left. Our nurses, our bus drivers, our sanitation workers, our, 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 our grocery store workers, so many others, people working on the front lines, truly, we call them essential, but we don't pay them essential wages. Mm-hmm. And we don't treat them like they're essential. So we pushed, there was a lot of federal money that came down through the CARES Act, and we wanted to give these folks some type of, just some something, right? Some, some type of payment, just some sort of thank you. And the type of arm twisting and, and, and pleading that we had to do, we were able to get $50 million out of like a $300, $300 million allocation to go to our frontline workers here in the state. Now, that was a big win. $50 million isn't a drop in the bucket. It's a big, big amount of money. But when you look at our overall budget, it really is a drop in the bucket. And that just trickled down to like $250 checks to our frontline workers. Now, we know these people deserve so much more than more. So much more than that. Now, it helped a lot of people who were in a crunch. You might have been able to pay for a cell phone bill or might have been able to help somebody pay for transportation for a month or buy school uniforms for their children or pay buy groceries for the month. But my point is that when it came down to the negotiations, we had to do the best that we could. And that $50 million was a compromise to get something done. And, and, and those are the kind of difficult decisions we have to make. So... You know, they there were folks that didn't want to push it back, right? Who didn't want to do the fifty million? They wanted to do less or nothing, and, and these are some of the battles we have to continue to fight on. So, uh, you know, it's it's certainly not something that I think was enough, but I'm just using that as an example when you talk about compromise, and we just have to continue to push and 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 keep folks engaged, keep the pressure on everybody, so that we can move this state in the right direction. You know that 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 is interesting because. We hear so much from the media about what's what what we think about goes on in legislative sessions, but we actually don't know. Right. We are we are we at, we when we cast our vote, right, and someone is elected to office, we are putting faith, right, because much of the electorate is not well informed, right. You think about that; it would be interesting. To say, I, I would I would hypothesize that probably seventy to eighty percent of the electorate is ill-informed, right? And I say ill-informed because we haven't gone, and I say we, we haven't gone in and read bills, right? Or see how people voted, right? I want to give a shout out to Deshante Parks, who is the CEO of Thousand More, who, is, who has built a wonderful, wonderful app to really help us, right, as the electorate, learn more about legislating to advocate, to, right? You know what? I want to write it up. I want to write an email to Royce, right, and let him know, right, that I want him to vote this way, right? Or I want to fund an advocacy group that's really, you know, pushing for, you know, legislating, you know, so that, that wonderful app puts the power of, you know, information into the electorate. So please, you know, a, a thousand more.com, make sure you go out and check, check it out. Um, but we, we have to understand more about what goes on at that 
level of negotiation and and to be able to say, you know what, I, I want to push. I want to at least let Royce know that this is as, as a voter in District 93 in New Orleans, right? This is how I feel. Right. Um, and being more more involved because we don't, right? I, I, don't, I don't think that we really know about how negotiations go and what, you know, you know, uh, as you, I, I want to say, what's the pork in all, all of this, right? You know, uh, right. that might be some of the things that are put in there that you're like, I, I, I didn't know that was in that bill. Right. Um, I can go on, a, I, I can go on long about this. What I want to ask you, you know, as I said earlier in this, that it takes courage. It takes a lot of courage in this political climate. As you, we were talking in the green room, I'm watching the elections here in Virginia and I'm seeing, I'm really seeing hate and negative ads at the delegate, you know, at the delegate, at the school, at the school board, at the city council level. I'm seeing, I'm like, this is, this is, this is where we are. Yeah. You know? And so if I I want you to think about this, if I'm someone who is thinking about running for office in this political climate, how do I prepare myself to run in this climate? Well, I think folks have to understand anybody who's thinking about getting involved as a candidate have to understand that many view electoral politics as a blood sport. And for many, it it just simply is. So you're getting in that arena and your why is really your compass. And you have to be so connected to your why, that's really the only thing that's going to guide you through the ugliness of uh, electoral politics. Number one, you got to be willing to lose, which means you have to have a thick skin because there are things that are oftentimes out of our control that factor into the outcome of an election. Doesn't mean that you are a bad candidate. Doesn't mean you didn't have great ideas. There are just sometimes where the ball just doesn't bounce in one's direction. It could have to do with just the climate in and of itself. But one thing that is becoming more and more consistent, as you pointed out, is just the the zero sum nature of it, because it's all about winning. It's all about winning. You see, governing is one thing, but in order to govern, you first have to win. And there are some many too often times are willing to do anything to win anything and 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 it's unfortunate because it's such a turnoff and that's why so many people just say well i would rather not do that so many good people who would make incredible public servants just simply don't want to have to deal with the ugliness of politics so oftentimes we end up electing people who are willing to go through the ugliness of the, the political process but they probably not may not be the best for that community and you know i wish that was something that that we could change collectively as a nation where we can have uh, more healthy ways of disagreeing because because for example you pointed out some of these delegate races and these school board races nine times out of ten those same candidates who are, who are just hitting each other right now if they were running in two separate districts apart from one another or, or they weren't running against each other at the same time they'd probably be supporting each other mm. from a policy standpoint right think about that think about that i haven't seen the show squid games but i'm told that's kind of, <laughs> i have an idea that's kind of what it's about it's like about like survival and it's like okay you're not going to kill me because i'm gonna kill you first kind of thing and and that's what this ends up becoming as a as opposed to what I think it should be is just an exchange of ideas. It doesn't have to be, oh, I'm going to attack this person or we're going to hit this person with a, with an ugly campaign ad so I can get ahead. Let's share the ideas. Let's get out there. Let's discuss the issues. Let's disagree in a way that's constructive without making it personal. You know, I, 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 I haven't I try to stay away from that. You know, I try to stay away from the the, the play and the politics. Mm-hmm. And I just like, so let's just focus on the policy and, and let's figure out how we can work together, not in some uh, altruistic uh, fantasy world type way, 
but we can disagree, but we don't have to always make it personal. And I think that we need to move away from the ugliness of all of this, because that's why nothing's working right now. You know, that's why Washington is broken. That's why Baton Rouge is looking like a mini Washington. And that's why people are frustrated. That's why we can't get anything done. No, you you are exactly right. And I, I, the, the buzzwords that we're hearing you know, in, in these ads, too dangerous, you know, mm-hmm. Right. This person's too dangerous for this state or too dangerous right. for this community. And, you know, basing, you know, on this fear. And that's on, on both sides. I'm not I'm not criticizing okay. one on. one side one side it's of not, the it's, other. It's both sides. No it, 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 it is both sides. And what I would love, Royce, is a, as a person in this electorate is to just hear someone talk about their issues and what they really, really believe in because you know at the closer the race gets to the election the more negative it becomes and you lose sight of well what do you actually for what do you stand for yeah what do you stand for because you know if we if if we really look at the the national electorate the lion's share of the electorate is somewhere in the middle right and so it's 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 blue and red you know most people are purple right purplish somewhere or the other right and I want to. I at least for me, I want to hear what you're about, right? That 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 bleeds into. Well, do I believe in this, and can I support you, right? Because more of what you're saying that you believe in fits with what I believe in, right? Yeah. And right, because maybe the person on the other side, there's some great ideas on the other side. How can you incorporate them? Because we got to figure that out. Because I'm 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 tired, revolutionaries. Of just hearing these continued negative ads because to me it is cowardly. Yeah. It, is, it is very cowardly because it, you're you're taking away from what your real voice is, and that's why the, the the courage aspect is. I could never run for office. That's why you know I, I look at you. You you you're one of my heroes. You're one of the icons that I look at. Is that you ran for and you and you're gonna have to continue to do this. But what you said, I'm here to do the work. Yeah. Right. I'm here to, and I'm here to get really, really good at this. Yeah. And that's why I think the takeaway from his is that one revolutionary is if you're gonna run for office, you got to have courage. Yeah. You got you got you, and he said you got to be willing to play the blood sport, as as Roy said that it, it's blood sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, and and I also think too, you have to be okay with uh, self promotion, which is something that I still struggle with, quite honestly. Uh, you know, you have to be, you can't be shy. You have to really be willing to get your message out there and understand that this is the this is the only way people are going to know about what you're doing. And you can do good deeds, but if nobody knows about it, it's pretty much like you're not doing good deeds. And then in this social media age, it's uh it, it's it's a challenge for somebody like myself. I will be honest with you, like always having to you know put stuff out there. But if if you don't let your constituents know that you're working, then you know, you, it's like you're not doing anything. So that is that is something that for my my modest people, you have to you got to kind of put that aside. Yeah. And you have to be willing to do do self promotion because otherwise it, it just won't happen. Uh, you know, you, you could be a background public servant, but if you're going to be the person out there asking folks to vote for you, you, you cannot be afraid of, of self promotion, which is something that I still uh, work work with and grapple through. And, and and again, you have to also, I think, be willing to compromise because getting getting elected is one piece and governing is something else. And, and, and governing is not always about just being absolute. It's about you can feel a certain way and you can you can be very passionate about a particular issue, whether it be juvenile justice, whether it be health care, education, um, you know, you name it, any any issue under the sun. Right. But we have limited resources and we have people who feel all kinds of different ways about one particular issue. So part of leadership is acknowledging the way that you may feel personally, acknowledging how your constituents may feel, but also taking the uncomfortable position of being able to compromise to move the agenda forward. That's a big part of this that is really uns- it's, it's not celebrated in today's politics. No, compromise is also a dirty word. It, it's like you're working with the other side. You know, it's so tribalistic. So the second that we do try to work together, now that that's being attacked. So uh, I think that's something else we have to get back to is is really figuring out a way to compromise. Yeah. No. I. You know these 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 dirty words, politician, compromise, and that's what has. That is exactly what has to happen. We have. I'm glad that you use that word. 
we have become so tribalized, you know, in who yeah. we are as a people. And well, why are you working with the Democrats? Or why are you working with the Republicans? <laughs> right. Well, as I said, as I said in this conversation, most of the electorate is 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 purple-ish. Right. And finding ways to br bring legislation yeah. that is going to impact the largest swath of people. Right. Right. It's going to, it just, should, just should bring be the, down the simple math, Doc. I'm in the minority, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm a Democrat. I'm a black Democrat in the Louisiana legislature. So I'm in the almost super minority. So to pass anything, you need 53 votes. To, and, and, the, and some votes require two thirds, 70 votes, just, just in the House. So that means that I have to, if I want to get anything passed, I have to work with Republicans. Right. Republicans have to vote for my stuff. There's no way that I can get anything passed if I don't get Republican votes. If, if I just yeah, yeah. just math, a math. Then, just right? just a simple math. <laughs> so yeah, so so it, it's very important that we that we at least be able to work with people who view the world different than us. Yeah, no, and I think if we could model if we could model that greatly. You would see yeah. that we could that would spill out to even other places that we encounter each other, and right. yeah, you know, we talk about you know I could get on this whole diatribe about feeling safe in spaces because mm. we've become so tribalized and and and, right. re and the rhetoric that goes along with that. But that's yeah. that's another show, dear brother. Look, I, uh, look, I know that the, the the time of a legislator goes by very fast, and look, the 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 clamoring. Talk so much. I'm sorry for talking so much. No, no, no. I love it. But the 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 clamoring beat of hey, where's where where's our legislator? District three ninety, District ninety three's legislator, brother. As as I said, I'm 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 happy to call you friend. I'm happy to see the the work that you're doing in my beloved home, my beloved second home, New Orleans, and 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 as as. As the city comes through, one thing I want to do is give give you the accolades, give you your flowers while you're here. As you talk about social media, if you go to this brother's uh, social media, one of the clips that you got to see, um, this brother's out picking up trash, you know, uh, doing his doing his civic duty, uh, not only as a legislator, but as a citizen of the city, right? As a citizen of New Orleans, out picking up trash and bringing folks along. To me, that's leadership, right? Because, you know, you think about picking up trash. You know, we pay people. There are certain people that do that, right? I'm, I'm not picking up trash. But when you see our leaders knowing that our community needs support, that our community needs leadership in those times, and you brought two pastors uh, together uh, to do that work and to highlight it, I'm, I just want to applaud you for that and the work that you're doing um, and to make sure that you know that we here at What's Your Revolution support your revolution, right? Your revolution of finding your yes and look and look and saying no to those things, but also giving your your flowers and applauding you for the wonderful work that you're doing, not only for District 93, but for the entire state of Louisiana. I was about to say the entire state of New Orleans because New Orleans is Louisiana, but <laughs> I digress. Um, dear brothers, any last words that you would like to give to our revolutionaries today? Hey, brother, look, you, you deserve your flowers. Um, you know, your commitment through these many years to keep what's your revolution alive, your growth, and the fact that you're taking this platform to the next level. I want to just congratulate you and thank, thank you just for doing that work because it's an inspiration for people like myself and so many others who, you know, that message will hit at that right time. When you hear a word, uh, I'm sure there are moments where you probably may want to, you, it's like being on that Peloton, you know, it may not be comfortable, uh, but you, you, you stick with it and you stuck with it. So I just want to thank you and salute you. And, and 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 just express to you uh, how grateful I am to be able to call you a friend, and and and, and you know I, we we share some physical characteristics. Yeah, you know man. we kind of bald, bald, you know, bald and I beautiful. Might, I might, when you do your big movie deal, your big uh, media deal, maybe I can stand in for you. There you go. <laughs> I can be a stand-in. You know something like that. Just keep me in mind. But seriously, brother, let's continue to build. And 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 uh, we miss you in New Orleans. I can't wait to see you down here. Yeah, and, no uh, doubt. You know, come check you out in Virginia one of these days. Please, please uh, but, do. Well, we, we would love to see you uh, back home. And, and uh, you know, we miss you. And, and I just can't thank you enough. 
and I can't wait to be back on your show if I'm invited. Oh man, come on, we uh, <laughs> always always a platform for you, brother. Revolutionaries, you. you know, it's been a wonderful show. Uh, I'm just thankful as, uh, for my friendship and uh, thankful for all the work that Brother Duplessis is doing. Like I said, it's the fourth quarter. And I'm going to remind you every time we get here, it's the fourth quarter. It's it's your time. This is when you bear down. This is when you make sure that you're doing the things for yourself and for your communities to make sure that your revolution is fulfilled, right? As well as you're thinking about what does next year look like for you, right? How are you planning for next year? How are you asking the same question? What's your revolution? Like, okay, we were good here. I'm, uh, I'm bearing down. I'm finishing up this revolution. But what's next? We don't, we don't grow. We don't continue to ask this question. So I'm looking forward to all the things that you're doing this year and all the things that you're going to continue to do. I wish you well. I wish you well. I love you. I love you. I love you. Take care and have a great week. Peace. Dear brother, what is your revolution? Revolution. Revolution. faced with right now and the questions of going into public service you know I'm happy to talk about all of that oh yeah yeah no doubt no doubt let's 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 get it going yeah peace 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 peace